for me, I'm not a fan of the promoting the idea of working for exposure because I think it undervalues design as a skill and as a profession. You know, if a company is going to be offering you exposure, then you're going to hope that maybe they are quite a popular company. They've got a lot of connections. And that means probably that the company is quite profitable and they could afford to pay you. So the fact that they're not shows that they don't have much respect for design as a profession and maybe that they wouldn't be a good client if that's their attitude, that they think that all it's worth is a mention on their Facebook page or a promise to tell their friends about you. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Charlie. And I'm Femke. And this episode, we decided that we'd talk about working for exposure. And when we say working for exposure, for the purpose of this episode in particular, we decided that we'd focus on working for exposure for free. So I guess someone asks you to do uh, some design work and you agree to do it on the basis that it will be for free. So you won't receive any monetary compensation, but in return, uh, the client offers you exposure. Yeah. And I would say exposure in quote marks here, because I think it's something that's often offered, especially by companies who think they might have a big social reach or something to designers, or perhaps that they're like just well-known in their field. So they figure that by offering a designer exposure, then that's going to be just as valuable to them as payment. This is obviously a hot topic for designers, yeah. and it's something that both Fem and I have a lot of opinions on. Um, let's start off, though. I would like to know, Fem, have you ever been asked to work for exposure? I haven't been asked personally to work for exposure, but I have been in the situation where there's been the opportunity to. So, for example, while I was at design school, there were often opportunities for the students to sort of, it was more phrased as a competition, I guess. So you could submit a design for this competition and the winner in return would get exposure. And I never participated in these, but a lot, a lot of students did. And I thought it was very interesting that the university would sort of encourage or promote these competitions when in fact, well, for me personally, I guess I found it a little bit insulting to our study because here we were on one hand you know studying uh, professionally to be a professional graphic designer and then the university is pouring in these sort of competitions taking advantage of our skills in exchange to work for free I don't know it was it was just a little bit of a gray area for me I, I just found it a little bit yeah I wasn't too sure about about that going on at university yeah I found the same when I was at university and on one hand, like my gut told me this is a bit weird that I would be putting all this effort in to something that I wouldn't get any, you know, compensation for. Even, you know, even if you win, you don't really get compensation. It's just like the chance of exposure and what does that really mean? But here was my university like sending these opportunities through. So it sort of felt like they were endorsing it. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think also they tend to take advantage of students in that way because, you know, often students don't 
yet have much experience and they're looking for new opportunities to sort of boost their portfolio. And so clients come with these opportunities or competitions, uh, you know, promising good exposure and it'll look good on your CV or your portfolio or whatever. And I guess in a way students are sort of a bit vulnerable because they want those opportunities and they don't feel like they're in a position to sort of negotiate for monetary compensation instead. Yeah, it's a shame that our industry seems to work that way and it's something that I feel very passionately about wanting to change and I guess us making this podcast is our way of trying to get that conversation out there and, you know, trying to promote some better working conditions for designers, I suppose. Maybe, Maybe we've skipped ahead of it too far. First of all, maybe we should explain why we don't believe that working for exposure is suitable payment for designers because I know to us it sounds obvious but to a lot of people out there especially who are design students and who are seeing these design competitions come through like we were you know it sort of is showing us the norm that you have to work for free in order to get exposure in order to get the paying jobs so let's start by talking about why we don't agree with that. (laughs) I think for me quite often as a young or a junior designer I feel like if a, if a young designer does a project in exchange for exposure, then that sort of sets a, quite a low expectation for themselves and, and not necessarily consciously, but I think that sort of makes them think like this is what I'm worth and then they don't necessarily strive to achieve more. Like then, then that step from doing work for free to actually doing a paying job becomes quite a huge step. And I think it's easy to get in the sort of cycle of doing work for free and then at what point is it that you realise your own worth and realise that you should be compensated for what you're doing? Yeah, that definitely makes sense. It's a really good point because if you're used to doing work for free, then if someone comes along and offers you some form of payment, any form of payment, you're going to think of it as a good deal. For me, I'm not a fan of the promoting the idea of working for exposure because I think it undervalues design as a skill and as a profession. Mm-hmm. I think that especially those, you know, if a company is going to be offering you exposure, then you're going to hope that maybe they are quite a popular company. They've got a lot of connections and that means probably that the company is quite profitable and they could afford to pay you. So the fact that they're not shows that they don't have much respect for design as a profession and maybe that they wouldn't be a good client if that's their attitude, that they think that all it's worth is a mention on their Facebook page or a promise to tell their friends about you, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that brings up another good point of what is the exposure? You know, like it's... It can't be guaranteed. So is an exposure them crediting you at the bottom or including you in the fine print or doing a tweet linking to your portfolio? You know, what what is that? And then you also have to weigh that against, you know, what how big is their audience, how many followers do they have, and sort of tally up a potential projection of you know, I guess what I'm trying to point at is it's not very measurable. How do you measure what the exposure is and how do you then translate that to what that's going to mean for you as a designer and your future going forward? How is that going to benefit you? Yeah, I think that's a question you really have to ask yourself before taking on work that's for 
exposure. We maybe this is a good time to bring in our Twitter poll. We have a Twitter account, Design Life FM, and you should follow it because we had a really interesting conversation with some of our followers recently. We asked our followers if they thought it was okay to work for free in exchange for exposure. There were some interesting results, don't you think, Fem? Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, so twenty percent said yes, and eighty percent said no. And so, I mean, I think that's quite a big difference, don't you think, Charlie? I do. And I actually, when I went to answer this poll myself, found it hard to know exactly what to say, because I think there is actually a time and a place for working for free in exchange for exposure. That might be controversial, but I should like back myself up by saying it's in very rare and very special circumstances. Maybe we can get to that later, but our followers had, I think, were quite conflicted as well in what to answer. And Aoi brought up a really good point that perhaps it's okay if you're doing it for charity. And that is one of the ways that I think that working for free is okay, but I wouldn't call that exposure. Does that make sense? No. Yes, I agree. So charity for me personally is the one sort of exception that I'd make. But again, as you said, I wouldn't consider that exposure. That would be more of a pro bono project that I would do rather than in exchange for exposure, you know? Like, I wouldn't then expect them to plaster my name all over the materials that I designed for them for free. Yeah, and I like that word you use there, calling it pro bono work. Pro bono work, I'm not sure of the exact definition, but I think it's loosely defined as offering your services up for free. And working for exposure technically is payment, right? Right. In, in situations where a client is offering exposure, that's what they're calling their payment. Yes, because you're receiving something, and though it might not necessarily be a monetary payment, you're still getting something in exchange. And maybe you're not actually getting much, because like we talked about, the level of exposure can be loosely defined, but in the company's mind, they've given you something in return for your work. I just want to bring in here something you said a little bit earlier, and that made me think of something. You wouldn't go to a dentist and say, make my teeth white and I'm going to a party tonight and everybody will see my white teeth and ask me where I got them from. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, so you, you could argue that that is exposure for the dentist, right? For their services. Definitely, and it's the same with design competitions. I made a video quite a while ago talking about this called Should You Work For Free? It'll be linked in the show notes. And I compared design competitions to something like going to a few different restaurants and sampling different meals and then deciding which chef you're going to pay for the the service you just had. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, design competitions in, involve getting designers to do work, to like complete a project and submit it to you. For you to have your pick of which one you decide you're actually going to go with in the end. Yeah, so it's interesting, right, that we would think that would be absurd for some industries, but somehow for design, it's okay, and not for everybody, but the the sort of standard is that it's kind of okay. It's it's just interesting that there's these gray areas when it comes to the design industry, and I guess it's our job as designers to sort of come together and you know, stand up for one another and stand up for our industry. Definitely. So we don't get taken advantage of. Definitely. And that, again, is why I was disappointed to see our university sending out those design competitions and things. Mm. Because on the one hand, as a student, it can be really difficult to get projects for your portfolio, right? Like 
you probably will end up doing some work for free. But I would advise people to be careful of who the companies are that they're doing work for free for. If Nike, for example, or perhaps someone not quite as big as that, but came along and asked you to design something saying that you could put it in your portfolio, then yes, the client is cool, but don't be swayed by that and don't be starstruck by this company wanting to work with you. Don't feel, you know, I mean, you can feel flattered that someone wants to work with you, but think about it. If they truly wanted to work with you and appreciated your talent and your services, then they would want to pay you for that. Yeah, and often, and I'm not saying that Nike does or or do, do this because I don't, I don't have any proof, but often they will approach you trying to trying to offer that. So say, like they'll say, oh, we'll give you exposure. And because they've kind of got a well-known brand, they can use that as leverage. And you'll be surprised, I think, if you go back to them, you know, acting quite professional and, and stating that you don't do work for free and, you know, you're happy to put together a proposal, I think you'll be surprised that they may actually take you up on that and want to hear more. If they really want to work with you, then they probably are interested to hear what you have to say. So I think it's important to stay true to yourself and hold up your guard. Definitely. And if you are needing to build up your portfolio, then there's plenty of other ways to do that without resorting to giving, you know, profitable companies free services. Yeah. And a great way to do that actually is to collaborate with someone else. So say you have a really good photographer friend and you want some photos, you know, some uh, headshots or whatever, and say they need a portfolio for their photography business. I mean, you could just exchange services. Like there's no, you, there's no monetary exchange, but you know, you give them a website, they give you the headshots and you know, that's, then you have a piece to put on your portfolio and you've got nice photos. <laughs> yes, an exchange of services is a great way to get around, you know, needing work in your portfolio, but not having clients beating down your door. Another really good way is to approach perhaps nonprofits or charities and see if they yeah. have any design needs, perhaps have a look at their current communications and actually come up with a proposal of what you could do for them. But you should treat it as a professional project, like treat them as an actual client, as if they were paying so that you can get that experience under your belt and get a really good project out of it. You know, you need to don't just do a project for them without finding out what their the issues they face are and their, you know, requirements for a piece of design. Do the work properly as if they were paying and you, you'll get a really great project out of it that you can use in your portfolio. And you will have also helped out a company who might not have been able to afford design services otherwise. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And it's important to note that, if you're going to do a project in exchange for exposure, which, you know, it sounds like Charlie and I both agree that you shouldn't do that. But if you are going to do that, then still treat it as a professional project. You know, I would still recommend to come up with a pro proposal and come up with a contract and have things in writing. So and, and especially so if it's for free, because you want to protect yourself you don't want them coming back, you know, asking for hundreds of revisions and then it just turns into this super long project and, you know, then it becomes a total waste of your time and resources. So you definitely still want to treat it very professionally and have everything written and signed and agreed upon before you start. Totally. And I would also try and get in that contract, even though we talked about before that exposure is a hard thing to measure, but perhaps you can talk to the company and agree that perhaps you'll be featured in their next newsletter or they'll do yeah. a certain number of tweets or Facebook posts about you linking to your sites. Try and get that, 
you know, loose term exposure nailed down. And if the company can't provide any exact ways that they're going to be promoting you and giving you exposure, then perhaps that is a warning sign that you're not really going to be getting out of anything out of it. So if they're a company that you think should be able to pay you, then I'd walk away. What do you think about including in the contract or the proposal the monetary value of what the design is worth, but you know, you're obviously writing that off to zero dollars? I think that's definitely valuable, especially I think it, sometimes I think it's necessary for nonprofits. Perhaps I'm getting this wrong, but when they ha- receive donations, it has to be chartered and technically like mm-hmm. your services are a donation. I'm not exactly sure, but either way, it's valuable to let the client know exactly what the value is of your services so that they can fully appreciate just what they're getting for free. Even if you're just working on a project with a friend, mm. you know, if you're doing it in a professional manner and using contracts, you know, you're exchanging services. That can be good too, just so they know that what they're getting from you and that'll encourage them to make sure that what they're giving you in return is, you know, sort of equal in monetary value. Should we go back to the couple of tweets that we got and maybe dive in a little bit deeper on on what some of them were? Definitely. Okay, so the first one, Nick says, I don't understand why working for free in exchange for exposure is not okay. I think that when you're not a part of the design industry and you're not dealing with this, or perhaps if you are studying design and you're having, you know, your university send you projects or maybe your peers are talking about doing work for exposure, it can be easy to think that it is okay. And so I think this is totally understandable that Nick thinks this way. Yeah, I agree, especially in the classroom, right, when that's sort of encouraged and, you know, a lot of people are doing it and just jumping onto opportunities, like not giving it a second thought at all because the idea of exposure, you know, seems so awesome. It could be easy to sort of feel jealous of your classmates who are Mm. getting these amazing clients and these amazing pieces in their portfolio perhaps. And if those amazing pieces in their portfolio help them get a really great job, then... Well, obviously, I don't, it's hard to argue with it, right? But I just think that as designers, we should stand up for our industry and do whatever we can to make people see what we're worth. And I think that starts with saying no to things that devalue us as designers. Yeah, I think that that's so well said. I, I would add to that saying the reason I think it's not okay is because it shows that you don't value yourself as a designer, you know, and I think that can become very hard to break away from and very difficult to move forward. And there's also a lot of opportunity when working with clients to, you know, test a few things out and try different prices and, you know, sort of get used to or find a sort of system, I guess, or a a price that works well for you. And that's kind of a journey that every designer goes through. And so if you're not starting that early, then, you know, it's going to be harder for you later on when you, when you have to start quoting for real projects. So, so I would say, you know, treat, like, treat it with caution and make sure that if you are working for exposure, that you at least put the value in monetary terms of what that project would be worth, both for you and for the client. So you know, they know, and everyone is sort of in agreement. Yeah. 
So another tweet we got was uh, based on, you know, it depends what you do, one-off samples, maybe gigs or full jobs, then no. And so I think this is really interesting. One-off samples, I mean, I think it's easy to quickly assume that that means that it's a small job, but it might not necessarily be. Like that could grow to something much bigger. So if you do a one-off sample for free and then say the client decides to progress that with you and work you know, going forward, you've sort of already set this expectation that you're going to do it for free unless you had it very clearly stated out in a contract or something that, you know, going forward, it would, you know, you'd require monetary compensation. But I think it can easily be miscommunicated there and you can sort of end up in this unfortunate situation of the client was expecting you to do it for free but oh no I was just doing the sample for free the actual project's going to cost money etc yeah I think that it's not a good thing to get into the habit of and this is what I would consider spec work which is what I was comparing to before with the restaurant um what's the word simile metaphor metaphor I think (laughs) whatever that is is that you're doing giving someone a sample and they're probably getting samples from other places as well and they're, they're going to pick the one that they like best. I think this is really common in agencies and that's why I much prefer working in-house to that sort of agency life when you are expected to do quite a lot for clients in order to win a project. I think that a client should choose a designer based on their past work and if they're a good fit for the project and that that should be you know, the way that a working relationship forms. I think that, you know, producing any sort of work for free, even if, you know, in your mind it seems like it's something that's quick and easy to do and won't take up too much time, so you might as well do it. I think that just sets you off on a bad path and like you were talking about before, Femme, it devalues yourself and you need to value yourself. I think that how to avoid getting into this situation is... If you're not in a position yet where you're able to convince clients to pay you for your work, perhaps you don't have enough in your portfolio yet, you don't have enough experience for them to have trust in you, you need to do a few more personal projects or pro bono projects perhaps in order to build that portfolio up. In the meantime, find a different way to earn money. Don't rely on design and don't be you know, thinking of this as your only option because you're going to get yourself in situations where, oh, I'll just do this one thing for free and then they'll pay me for the rest of it, you know, and that might not happen. So it's better to have, you know, another way of getting your income so that you're not having to force design to be your main source of money for until you're, you've built up your portfolio enough to win those, those clients that are really going to value you. Yeah, and I think on that and sort of hammering home what what we kind of touched on earlier, if you're doing design work for free, it's so important to have a contract. If you don't limit the scope of the project, then the client is just going to keep coming back to you asking for more and more and you're going to be in the situation where you agree to do it for free and then the project just gets so much bigger than yourself and you're going to end up delivering them all of this value for free when in fact you were only going to do this one small thing for free. Do you know what I mean? Like I think it can easily grow and spread and the client gets this expectation that you'll work for free on everything. So I think it's really important to have in writing the exact things that you're going to do for free so that if they come back asking for more, 
you're at least in a good position where you can either decide to to keep doing it and do endure that new project for free or you can decide to start charging them. So it gives you that extra flexibility there. Yeah, and hopefully you don't feel like you do need to keep on doing the project for free. Hopefully you'll you know, have some confidence in yourself and feel like you can charge the client. The the problem with doing even just small things for clients for free in in exchange for exposure is that when they're telling their friends about you, when they're telling, you know, their professional network about you, they're going to show them what you did and perhaps they're going to tell them that they got it for free, you know, and you're going to get this reputation as a designer who does things for companies for free. So, of course, they're going to come to you. Of course, you're going to get lots of emails from companies wanting work exactly like you did for this other company because, I mean, you did it for free, so why wouldn't they want that? Yeah, you don't want to get that reputation of being the the designer that works for free, right? Yeah, because it could be really hard to break out of that and it could, you know, turn clients away when they when you go back to them and, and, you know, give a proposal for how much it'll cost. But not only that, it could like sour your reputation in the minds of good clients, clients who do want to pay you. Because if they've heard that you do this work for free, they're like probably thinking, "Mm, is this person really a professional? You know, we want to hire someone who puts out valuable work and we know as a good client, not that they think of themselves this way, that you, you have to pay for good work and this person's not paying, so is it good work? Yeah, that's the, that's a really good point, actually. So I guess that raises the question of the clients in which you're doing work for exposure for, are they the right clients or are they the clients that you should be working with? Are they the clients that you want to keep working with compared to the other type of client who, who you know, maybe really values professionalism and values your worth and, and wants to pay you for it? So that's that's another thing to consider, I think. Yeah, and I think the answer to that, from from my perspective anyway, is definitely they're the wrong type of client who I just wouldn't want anything to do with because I would rather, you know, get my projects from elsewhere either by working for myself. I get a lot of emails through my inbox all the time of clients, you know, wanting to work on projects with me and they just don't have any budget or their budget's just far too low and I just figure... It's not worth my time. I'd much rather be doing stuff I enjoy and that I can, you know, produce good quality work for myself instead of for these companies who are not valuing me. And I think also when working with clients in exchange for exposure, there's also the potential that they're going to start taking advantage of you and they're going to start sending you things in the middle of the night and they're going to say, I need this tomorrow. And, you know, they they could really, uh, what's there's a metaphor, Charlie, what is it, where they sort of hold you on a string or something? Uh, or they're like holding you, holding you know. hostage, almost. Maybe <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, you get you get my point. Uh, whereas if you're working with a with a quote unquote real client, and I'm saying that with quotes, uh, then you know you've you've got a bit more of an agreement, and there's probably a more professional relationship there. So you you just got to be a little bit careful, I think, when when working in exchange for exposure. Yeah, I think that what it comes down to is working for exposure is not a professional thing to do. Yes, there are rare circumstances where it might be the case. Say you are, uh, the one that immediately comes to mind is like the National Geographic wants you to like, you know, test out publishing some photos in their magazine and like landscape photography is what you're all about and you, 
you know, you just want to be able to say that you're in the National Geographic. If that's okay for you and you feel 100% happy with that and you're not expecting it to lead anywhere else, then go for it. That's like your prerogative. But in most situations and pretty much every other situation, working for exposure is you're the client's going to get more out of it than you are and it's not going to be worth it for you. It's better to wait until the right client comes along who's going to pay you and that's how you should build work in your portfolio. Yeah, most often it's likely that the client's just trying to get a cheap deal rather than thinking, you know, rather than them trying to help you out. They they 100% have their best interests at heart, not yours. Yeah, so it's up to you to look out for yourself and make sure that you're getting value out of any working relationship you have with any client. Don't be starstruck by big brands coming to you and think that you should give them, you know, a cheaper deal or something so that they'll pick you out of all the other people they're getting quotes from. Be professional and feel okay with doing that. Have some confidence in yourself. And offering someone like Nike a cheap deal could actually lessen your chance of being chosen because someone like Nike, I'm assuming they probably have a good budget for the project. And if you're charging them, you know, 200 bucks, then they're probably going to not take you seriously. Yeah, that's what I was talking about before about, you know, good clients will know that good design is worth money. And so they will make the budget available to pay for that. So yeah, and it's just because you say no to one project doesn't mean another one isn't going to come along. So, you know, I think it's important to remember that you can be picky, even if you feel like you're not getting a lot of projects right now. Like what Charlie said before, you know, if you're not making enough to do it as a living, then go and do something else and then give yourself the freedom to say yes and say no to, to projects. Have you ever actually been asked to work in exchange for exposure? I have, through a lot of, you know, emails that come through my inbox that I feel like people have just searched graphic designer on the internet and are sending out, you know, bulk emails and I don't often respond to them. But I have had invitations, like personal invitations to participate in design competitions. Oh, wow. <laughs> which I always say no to because, you know, the way they word it is like, we're, we're inviting you to participate because we really want to see what you come up with, you know? Yeah. and. It's hard because I know that a lot of people would see that and be really flattered because, you know, it seems like they've looked at your work and really liked it. But you just have to keep in mind that if they did really like your work and want to work with you, then they would work with you. They wouldn't make you do the work and then decide if they want to pick you, you know. So I've never actually worked for exposure a long time ago, I did enter a t-shirt design competition for a website that I really liked at the time called Friends or Enemies. It was all about like the punk rock music scene and I was all into that, you know. And that was my lesson in the fact that design competitions are never worth it because I was the runner-up in that competition. And I was very excited because it meant that I was going to be featured on the site and I was also going to get, you know, a sample. No, I was also going to get a T-shirt printed with the winning design you know I was going to get some free merch from it and none of that ever happened none at all so that was my lesson that never trust what design competitions promised and just don't enter them is always safest it's not really worth your time unless it's something that you see a brief and you think it'd be fun to just try out for yourself then I would say do it but maybe just don't even enter it just do the design project <laughs> as a personal thing for yourself for fun if that's that's what you want to do I would I would say if you've got a summer free 
and you're you know, you want a, something exciting on the side, a nice side project, then maybe, you know, then maybe doing a competition could be fun. But often the prize is either, you know, they'll use your design, so that's basically exposure, or they'll use your design and pay you like a sum, which is usually really low <laughs> compared to yeah. the, the work that you're going to give them. And then often, you know, they don't factor in licensing or anything either. And so you're literally getting pennies for for the work that you did. Design competitions, what do you think of some like, I think there's often a lot on Dribble with like rebound competitions and things like that designers do for fun. And I think the difference there is that companies are running them mostly as promotion so that's where you'll like create design based on a brief, but it's not actually going to be used for commercial purposes by the company. It's just marketing for them. Yeah, which I think is fine if that's something that you want to enter and if, if you know, that's a brief that you're inspired by and you think you want to do because it is up to you at the end of the day, you know, what you do. Just make sure, maybe have a little mental checklist in your mind, like is the company going to profit from my design for this and if the answer is yes then perhaps don't do it or you know request that you're paid for it yeah or if it's just a fun community thing then yeah yeah I yeah. think it's harmless then, exactly I think that's one of the situations where exposure can actually be a really good thing maybe other designers will find you you might make some friends from it who knows and on that note of sort of community stuff I often see bands have competitions for their fans like you know design us a new logo or other competitions you know design they, they ask their community or their fans basically like design us our next logo kind of thing and I find that I don't know I at, first of all that makes me think oh well you know you're you're a professional artist or, or whatever they are, you know, you should probably be <laughs> investing your money wisely into getting a whole brand rather than just asking for your fans for some clip art logo. I don't know. Maybe that's just me being a little bit snooty. <laughs> yeah, I, I ignore those types of competitions, to be honest. I don't feel like they're really damaging our industry because the people who enter them are most likely not professional designers. They are just kids playing around in Photoshop, you know, so, yeah, yeah I, they're not the type of clients who would rather have, you know, average person on the street design a logo for them than they would a professional designer and not the clients I want to work with. So they can do whatever they want. <laughs> so what advice would you have for a designer who's been approached by not a huge brand, but maybe sort of a well a well-known local brand and they've asked them to do some work for them in exchange for exposure? What advice would you have for that designer? I would go back to them immediately with maybe if, if enough information hasn't been provided in the initial contact for you to form a proposal, I'd go back with a lot of questions that you would normally ask for a normal paying brief. And then I would just send them the proposal. I would send them a quote for the project and be like, all right, this is what we're going to work on together and this is how much it would cost. I would completely gloss over the fact that they said they didn't want to pay for it. I would if they've made it very clear, the client in their email, that they don't have budget for this, then I would go back and perhaps in that email would say, all right, this is my proposal for this. If you don't have budget, I understand. Maybe we can work together on another project when you do have budget. You know, I wouldn't email back and say, oh, but could you pay me? 
you know? No, I mean, you can't, you can't ask a client to pay you without communicating at all what the value is that they're going to get in return. Yeah. So make it clear what they're going to get from you, make it super professional and the client will realise who they're dealing with and, you know, maybe you might wow them and convince them to actually come up with the money. Yeah. And, and if they don't, then that's fine too. You can walk away and they can find someone else who will do it for them. I think that's great advice. And you don't need to do that for each inquiry you get either. I I often get inquiries as well. And if the budget is too low or, or they don't have a budget, then I just politely say, you know, this isn't going to work out for us. This isn't, you know, this isn't the type of project that I'm in a position to take on. So you don't have to go into a full detailed outlined proposal if, if you just aren't interested or don't want to work on it either. Yeah, that's totally true. If the brand though is something that, you know, a brand that you admire or it's a project that you think might be fun and might be worth trying to convince the client yeah. to, you know, pay the right fee, then then it's a good idea. I think it's about educating the client because just like in the responses to our Twitter poll, some people don't realise that working for free shouldn't actually be the norm, you know? So a lot of clients think that too. They're not setting out to be evil on purpose. That's just what how they think the design industry works. So the more you can do your bit as a designer to educate them and to help make people see how the design process should work, then the better. Yeah, and so I think it's important to, you know, emphasize that they could be promising exposure, but actually they could also just be taking advantage of you. And so you sort of have to like be a bit streetwise and be a bit smart as well and sort of, you know, identify like oh are they actually you know what what are the potential benefits for me or is this really just a scam so you know you want to be a little bit alert and gloss over everything well actually more than gloss over it you know check everything to to make sure that it's legit yeah and if you're not sure then talk to someone show the email to a designer friend you know share it with us on twitter if you want and we'll help you decode it and see if it's, you know, if any warning signs pop up. So I think we've touched on a lot of uh, really great things in this episode and hopefully, you know, people have learned a little bit and, you know, maybe we helped you change your mind. If, if you were one of the people that voted yes or no in the poll and now you're thinking the opposite, we'd love to hear how or if this episode influenced your opinion. Yeah, and hopefully this episode has given you a little bit of confidence if you're feeling like you had to do work for free in order to build up your portfolio and get those paying jobs. Hopefully you can see that you should have some faith in yourself and you can do it without working for exposure. And if you don't value yourself as a designer, then the client definitely isn't going to either. So it's really up to you. You have to believe in yourself that you are worth paying for. And on that note, I think it's time to wrap it up, Charlie. I think so it is. Where can people go to find this podcast online? You can head to our website, which is designlife.fm, and there you will find all of our episodes that you can listen to and also would love to hear your feedback on the episodes. You can reach us on Twitter at designlife.fm, and there's also a contact form on the website if you want to send some more, you know, longer feedback or more private feedback. We'd love to chat with you, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic in particular. You can also find us on iTunes and rate us there, and also you can leave us a review. We would love if you would leave a review. It just has to be something short and sweet that would really be very helpful for us. 
Yes, we would greatly appreciate it. Until next week, Charlie. See you, Pim. Bye. Bye.